on August the 5th, 2019, Fairfax police were called to Lincoln Circle in McLean, Virginia, where a 15-year-old Sharon Castro had called 911 claiming she had been shot. The police entered the home through an unsecure red slider because the caller was unable to come and unlock the front door. Once the police got inside, they located Sharon with multiple wounds to the upper body. When speaking with her, she told the police her mother shot her and she also believed her mother shot her five-year-old sister, Brooklyn Youngblood. A McLean woman charged with murder and the death of a child was ordered to stay away from her ex-husband and a child two years ago. Well, now that woman, 33-year-old Veronica Youngblood, is behind bars accused of shooting two children. Peggy Fox is in Tyson's in a condo complex on Lincoln Drive. That is just off International Drive where the shooting happened last night. Peg? Yes, and this woman is charged with murder. This shocking incident happened up on the top floor of this apartment complex. Very hard to understand and hard to explain. A new Virginia state law prevents police from giving us any identifying information about a deceased child. And that includes the suspect's relationship with the children. But neighbors here believe she's their mother. Sharon was rushed to Fairfax Hospital where she was in a critical condition. At this point, the responding units cleared the scene and discovered five-year-old Brooklyn dead in the master bedroom. While holding the scene for processing, police would receive information from the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office dispatcher stating there was a female at a location in their jurisdiction advising she had just killed her kids. This is a tragic story of Veronica Youngblood and her children. I have the official confession here. These are the official case files. If you do find this story interesting, please subscribe. The Loudoun Sheriff's detained Veronica and she was being held in a Leesburg jail cell. Now Veronica Youngblood is a lady of Argentinian descent and at the time of this incident, she was 36 years old. During the case, Veronica requested an Argentinian mitigator who could best understand her cultural background to try and argue her case in court. This is what his report said. All of her developmental years in Argentina were spent under damaging and traumatic circumstances. She did not leave Argentina until 2011 where she came to America, but in Argentina she lived in poverty and without the meaningful guidance, supervision or support of adult caretakers. Her father was engaged in criminal activity and cruelly abused her physically until he disappeared with her younger brother when Miss Youngblood was six. Now please keep in mind, this report will obviously have a sympathetic view of Veronica as that is the whole point of the Argentinian mitigator. Please keep in mind, I am not taking the sympathetic view. I'm just trying to give you some of her background information. Veronica's mother then spent the rest of Veronica's childhood years in a deep depression, spending all of the family's money searching for her missing son. Miss Youngblood's mother was physically absent for long stretches of time and emotionally absent otherwise, spending most of her time heavily medicated 
on sleeping pills. Miss Youngblood, who already struggled with educational and social development, was abused by an uncle, struggled with poverty and hunger, while trying to functionally raise her three younger sisters, and at 16, became a teenage mother herself. This is when she had Sharon. Her suicidal thoughts and depression began and grew during that time, and have persisted ever since. Now, during the 90s, a naval officer by the name of Ronald Youngblood was in Honduras. This is where he met Veronica. Veronica at the time was a prostitute. Ronald paid her for her prostitution services. Ronald then decided, I'm going to bring her to the United States. And they were lawfully married on July the 28th, 2009 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now going back to the police questioning in Leesburg, when they asked Veronica why did you do this, she said her life had no purpose. In her confession, she said, I have been planning this for months. I have no purpose. I bought a gun. Gave pills to my daughters so they get sleepy. She got pills from the local CVS. Uh, CVS is just a pharmacy here in America. She got the gummy kind. Eventually, both children fell asleep. Veronica then decided she was going to pray and she was thinking about killing them and herself. She said she bought her gun from a gun expo and my guess would be, given this took place in Northern Virginia, there is a place called the Dulles Expo where gun shows happen. So my guess is she bought the gun and the bullets from this location. Veronica stated in her confession, I shot Sharon first. She was asleep. I shot her in the back. She started crying. And then Sharon looked at me and she said, why? And you know, when I read that part in the case, my heart just sank. Like I'm nearly in tears. Imagine that. Imagine that moment where this deranged woman shoots her child and the child looks back, screaming. She goes, mother, why? That's just sickening. Veronica replied, this is not a life for us. I will do the same to myself. She then went on to say that she shot Brooklyn in the head while Brooklyn was asleep. She then asked Sharon to call 911. She then went and drove to Manuel's house. Manuel was a boyfriend that she had at the time. She goes to Manuel's house and she told him everything she had done. She dropped the gun there. She said, my life, I have failed. My dad died when I was young. She also went on to say in the confession, Manuel gave her something personal and she wanted to tell him and talk to him first because only he could make her feel better. But he wouldn't respond. He just heard what she said and he called the police. Now, whilst at the hospital, this was the first time that the police got to speak with Ronald Youngblood. At the beginning of this conversation, they asked him, Ronald, do you know if Veronica has any kind of mental disorders? To which Ronald said he was unaware if Veronica had ever been clinically diagnosed with any mental disorders. Ronald told the police that Veronica appeared at times to show signs of being bipolar. But at no time was she ever violent towards the kids. Ronald added that on one occasion, Veronica did threaten to kill him and take the kids away. Ronald also said that his relationship with Veronica was volatile at times. Ronald explained 
that in 2013 he and his family were deployed to Honduras. And whilst in Honduras, while he was away on military manoeuvres, Veronica had an affair. When Ronald challenged Veronica about the affair, she falsely accused him of abusing the kids. Because of the accusations of abuse, an investigation was launched by NCIS where Ronald was cleared. On another occasion, Ronald advised while in an argument with Veronica, she threatened to tell the police that he was improperly touching the kids. But on that occasion again, the story was fabricated and just done to threaten to take the kids away. And just before these murders had taken place, Veronica had come to Ronald's home to pick up the kids and at the time Veronica seemed fine. There was no indication that there was anything wrong at all. Now whilst they were all at the hospital, Veronica's sister Maria Kazuba arrived from Florida and agreed to speak to the police about her sister. They asked her if her sister has ever been diagnosed with a mental condition and she said no. They asked her was she aware that her sister, Veronica, was driving a rental car. And Miss Kazuba said that she did not know about the rental car but was unaware that her sister sold her car because she was getting ready to move to Missouri with the kids because of Ronald. And this indicates from the sister that Veronica was trying to take the kids away from Ronald or there was obviously some kind of devious nature. The police asked Miss Kazuba if her sister was in a relationship. Miss Kazuba said that she knew that her sister was dating a guy named Marcelo. Miss Kazuba added that Veronica told her that she found out that Marcelo's real name was Manuel and she was not happy about it. Miss Kazuba explained that apparently she was so unhappy that he lied about his identity that she told him she was pregnant with his child and falsified a pregnancy test to get back at him. Miss Kazuba stated that once Manuel found out there was no actual pregnancy, he had a letter sent to her home advising her to stay away from him and his residence. Miss Kazuba stated that her sister was sad because of being forced to move with the kids, tension with Ron and her situation with Manuel, but she did not think she would ever do anything like this to her kids. Now what's also even more heinous or devious in this case is that the police contacted the landlord. The landlord in the apartment found letters that were in Spanish. This is the translation of those letters written by Veronica. The letter says, Sharon knew that something was going on, but she didn't know what. She watched me, observed my every move. All day I was doing daily chores. She at one point started to pray at the table which surprised me a lot. She never prayed at the table. I saw that she was sad with a depressed look on her face. I gave Brooklyn something to sleep since she insisted on watching TV. But I was out of it. Thinking about how I was going to do it so the neighbours didn't find out. So I gave her something to sleep. There was also a second page written by Veronica. This is what she said. Ron, today is going to be the day you become a free man again. If I could turn back time... I would have stayed in my country and never had married you since I never loved you. Like Marcelo. After the divorce, I started to plan day by day until the moment arrived that that plan became a reality. I really curse and regret so much having married and had a daughter with you. You never made me happy. We were two enemies living together. Now I know what you're all thinking. Why Veronica? Why do this? What was it that must have triggered you so much 
for you to take the life of your own children. We now enter the world of domestic abuse. It was revealed, in this case, that Veronica had reported Ronald for many instances of physical abuse. Ronald, in return, suggested these allegations are all false and she did it to ruin his military career. For example, the US Naval Criminal Investigation Service opened up a case on Ronald after they believed a violation was reported within the embassy in Honduras. It was reported that acts of domestic violence against Veronica were committed by Ronald. In some reports, Ronald told Veronica, you're a bitch, you made me spend a lot of money on this. He also at times said to her, you are a piece of garbage. There is a letter that was written by Veronica's family member on her behalf to the embassy. This letter said that Veronica had moved to Honduras with Ronald and she called her family on numerous occasions letting them know about their situation. She mentioned she's having problems. He threw her phone on the floor in one instance and the moment she wanted to get it he grabbed her wrists and squeezed her arms. This was all mentioned to her family over Skype by Veronica. Veronica also mentioned on numerous occasions she would ask for help at the embassy and nobody was able to help her. In one particular phone call, she mentioned Ronald hid her green card and passport. There were also times where she felt like a prisoner because Ronald would not let her use their car. He would park the car at the military base so she would not have access to it. It was also said in this report that before they moved to America, Ronald, a few days prior to the move, cut off the internet so then she would not be able to communicate with the family and he did this because he knew whatever problems they were having, she was reporting back to the family. Veronica herself also wrote a letter to her family. This letter said, How are you? I wanted to comment that I feel that I'm sitting in a world of injustice. And this has no end. The people at the embassy cannot find a solution for me. They take forever to respond and I feel they do not respect my rights. Speak to the embassy to mention what was going on with me and Ronald. All they could tell me is to leave the house and have him leave. I told them he must go. I just arrived. Where am I going to go? I am new here. I am a prisoner in my home. I have no money to do anything. Ronald manipulates me. During the trial, this family member also mentioned that while they were back in Argentina, the Naval Investigation Services, or whatever they're called, visited the family member to intimidate them, asking them to drop this case. Now, they did eventually move to America, but on the 14th of September 2016, they came to a child custody agreement regarding Brooklyn Youngblood. Now what you are looking at now is her criminal charge sheet. She was charged with murder in the first degree, in two instances, and the use of a firearm. Now this case obviously took place in 2019 and I realized that when I was doing my research I couldn't find any further reports beyond what was reported in 2019 which is why and I went and got the case files directly to have a look. This case is still ongoing and it's been continued or adjourned till 2023 but the purpose of the video is to try and break down why Veronica would do this 
Now, Veronica claimed that she was depressed, she's had a hard life. Uh, the Argentinian mitigator that I mentioned certainly painted her picture in the best possible way for her. Now, we can all agree from the report, Ronald was no saint. If it is true that he physically abused her, then that is wrong in every sense. But me and you can conclude that in the case of Veronica, the solution to said problem is to not take the life of your child. And this is the reason why I make my videos or, or why I slightly change my videos to give my own personal point of view. Because like I said earlier, when I read that Sharon said, why mommy? Right, just imagine as a child, or 15 year old, sorry, but as a young kid, right, the pain. But to have the foresight to say, why mom? Like if I were, I've never been shot, but if I was to get shot, I'd be, ah, ooh, I'm in pain, whatever. I don't think I'd be thinking why. I don't think I'd be thinking, why'd you do it? I think I'd first be thinking, oh no, my leg, my back, whatever. But something tells me that when Sharon said, why mom, maybe, maybe Sharon knew something was going on. Sharon couldn't have perceived this, but Sharon, being 15, would have seen the relationship between the mother and the father, seen how it broke down, or stepfather, sorry, and maybe she saw this coming. Maybe she knew the nature of her mother, and maybe this is why she said, why? rather than just focus on the pain. Does that make sense? As this still is an ongoing investigation, the investigation with the Naval Office is still ongoing. Or rather, when I was going through the case files, I couldn't find a um, report that showed their findings in the end. You could make the argument that if she was going through domestic violence, that the embassy in Honduras, or the American embassy, or even the, whatever embassy there is, should have given her the full help if her family member was intimidated so to speak then obviously this is wrong and it is disgusting but again we can conclude the solution to this is to not kill your children so do you think in the report it said that she had felt this way since she was a teenager when she gave birth to her child do you think this could have been a case of postpartum depression that just carried on. I was never, you know, tackled. It was never fixed. It was never cured. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, this may not have been postpartum depression in its entirety because 15, 20 years on, right? But she said at the time that she had this kind of feelings, this kind of thoughts when she spoke to the Fairfax police. And in, sometimes in life, you can have an incident that took place years ago but the trauma of that could still remain. And I know, when I say this, I, I'm not giving her a sympathetic view. Not at all. This is heinous. This is heinous what she did. There's no forgiving what she did. She should never, ever, ever be released. But I'm just trying to understand the psychology of why she would do what she did to her precious children. How can a mother do that to their child when the mother is given natural instincts to care for the child? But why don't you guys comment, tell me what you think.